Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Matt Densky continued our 10 Practices series, where we'll be talking about 10 daily and weekly practices that can define our faith and bring growth in our life. Matt talks about building relationships this week as we look at creation in Genesis 2 and how we are created to be in community. We also look at the fall in Genesis 3 and how Satan tries to separate us from community with one another and with God. We challenge you to create a practice of reaching out to three people every day. Could be the same people, could be different people, but we want you to invest in the lives of others during this time. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another night of Fellowship Greenville students. So glad you could make it tonight. Miss you guys, love you guys, but I'm glad that you're joining us from wherever you're at right now. A couple of weeks ago, we rolled out a vision for our student ministry uh, to come around in this strange and weird time of quarantine, really unprecedented time in our world and, and definitely our generation. But we have cast this vision out of 10 practices that we're asking our students to come around and ourselves to come around in this time of quarantine, because we believe that by abiding in and disciplining ourselves towards these 10 practices, our faith doesn't just survive this strange season, but it can thrive in this season of life. Like if I were to ask you, hey, after all this is done, after the quarantine's done, after COVID-19 is done, would you want your faith to be stronger than it has ever been before? And if the answer to that question is yes, then what we're saying is we believe that by working these 10 practices into our lives, we can have a stronger faith than we've ever had before. And I think the danger of living in a season such as this is viewing it as temporary. Like, oh, when it's done, we'll get back to normal. When it's done, we'll return to how things were. And that may be true, but it may also not be true. Like this looks like it'll be a defining moment for our generation, leading to some new ways of practicing faith and practicing community and practicing how we go about life. And and even with the absence of the pandemic, it doesn't necessarily mean that normal will be like it was. This may be a doorway into something new. And so we want to come around these practices so that our faith is strengthened in this season and leads us into an abounding faith, a thriving faith, not just surviving, not just waiting on it to get back to how it once was. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, God's people have always come around practices in different circumstances and different contexts. And that's what we're asking all of us to come around right now. And really the idea behind this is if we go to John 15, which I, I taught on a few weeks ago, Jesus is talking about, I'm the vine and you're the branches, that, that we are the branches that connect to Jesus, that plug into Jesus, and that we bear fruit because we are attached to Jesus. We bear fruit in Jesus. If we were to take that agricultural metaphor even further, if you look at a grape vineyard, there's not just vines sprawling out randomly across the ground. Because when that happens, the vines produce a fraction of the fruit that could otherwise uh, be grown if they grew up and outward. And so that's why vineyards create things like trellises, these infrastructures. Uh, so you'll see in vineyards, these posts that are nailed into the ground every so often, and then wires that connect them. And so the grapevines can grow up and out. 
because when vines are elevated, when they're allowed to climb up and then sprawl outwards, they produce much more fruit than they would if they just grew on the ground. The idea of these 10 practices that we're, that we're calling our, our student ministry to come around is the same idea as the trellis. It's this infrastructure, it's this stability that our faith can grow around and thus create more, generate more fruit in Jesus Christ as we grow. It gives us this, this um, structure to place our, our faith around, these disciplines that help flesh out our faith. And so they're not the end in and of themselves, these practices. Uh, we're not proponents of legalism here. We're not saying, hey, by obeying these rules, these rules will, will uh, make your faith stronger. These rules will get you closer to Jesus. What we're asking is that we would abide in Jesus, period. But giving language to what abiding looks like, giving structure to what abiding looks like, helping flesh out certain disciplines that we've seen throughout centuries and millennia of followers of Jesus, fleshing these out, which we've seen as beneficial, can be a very, very good thing. So we're offering these 10 as the practices for us to come around in this pandemic, in this time of quarantine. And the first one that I want to look at tonight is relationships, is relationships. So our conviction is that we are created for community. And even though we're distanced physically from one another, that there are still ways to connect and invest in the lives of others around us. I believe that we were created to connect. And this goes all the way back. I'm going to go all the way back tonight to the book of Genesis. And let's look in the creation account. Let's reflect on it together and see what God is doing as he creates us. So he makes Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve are in perfect harmony and a perfect friendship with God and with each other. So they've got this perfect connection with their creator and they've got this perfect connection with each other. They've got a vertical and a horizontal uh, harmony in their lives. God in and of himself is a microcosm of community. He's three in one, Father, Son, and Spirit. This trinity reflects this microcosm of community. And then in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says that we are created in the image of God. And so there's this imprint on us that, that craves community because we're created in the image of community. And so we are created to connect. That's how it's been since the beginning. And in the perfect world before sin, before the fall, what we see is perfect vertical and perfect horizontal, that there is harmony in relationships. We are connecting constantly. And so what ends up happening, if, if you follow this story, is our enemy comes, our great nemesis, our adversary, sneaks and slithers his way into this perfect harmony, and he tempts Adam and Eve to disobey God. And he tempts them in three specific ways, and it's his same strategy today. But first he says, did God actually say, don't eat from that tree? And if you remember, God has created Adam and Eve. He's put them in a, a perfect world, like this unbelievably perfect world. He gave them one rule to maintain. You can do anything you want. You can touch anything you want. You can eat from anything you want, but don't eat of that tree. It's harmful for you. It's not good for you. It's not the best for you. 
Adam and Eve are tempted by the enemy. Did God really say that? And so Satan gets them to question God's word. He does the same thing to us today. Did God really say that? Then he offers the second temptation. Well, surely you're not going to die if you do it, which God had told them, if you eat from that tree, it is so harmful to you, you will die. And he was referring to a spiritual death. Something would be severed in their soul and their connection to him. But here comes Satan, crafty and strategic. He gets them to question God's word, and then he gets them to question God's authority. Surely you won't die. And then the last thing he tempts them with is independence, supremacy, um, a way of thinking that removes God from the equation. He, he says, you can eat of that tree and you'll be like God. And so all of a sudden he tempts them with a, a, an independence, a unique independence detached from God. You don't need God. You'll be like God. You don't have to depend on him anymore. You'll be your own God. Those three temptations is exactly how he still works today. He gets us to question God's word, God's authority, and then he tempts us with independence detached from God. Adam and Eve take the bait, and then they take the bite. And that perfect harmony with God is severed, and the perfect harmony with each other is severed. So let's look at the story. Genesis chapter 2. Just open your Bible, flip it over. Genesis chapter 2 is the, is the creation account I just um, summarized. And then in chapter 3 is where we're going to pick up. They've eaten the fruit. In verse 7, this is what it says. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. All of a sudden they just, they knew, they had this awareness of their exposure, of their lack of cover. Once they ate the fruit, they realized they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they made clothes for themselves. They made loincloths. And then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called out to man, and he said to him, Where are you? And Adam said, Here I am. I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And so if you look into this creation account, God has created this perfect world. He's created a perfect harmony relationally with each other, with him and then with each other. We were created to connect. But the moment that Adam and Eve disobeyed God, the moment they disobeyed, their connection with each other was disrupted and their connection with God was disrupted. So think back to our story. What happened between Adam and Eve right away? They looked at each other and for the first time they felt embarrassment, they felt shame. They themselves were prompted to hide from each other. We have to cover up ourselves. And that's the same game that we're still playing today. Because of our shame and because of the knowledge of what we've done, we cover up ourselves today. We wear masks, we put up walls, we keep people out, we keep them at arm's length. We're invulnerable, we view vulnerability as a weakness. We're so afraid to be exposed that we still desperately try to cover up ourselves today. We, we hide the true essence of who we are. So we hide from each other. And then they hear God walking in the garden. And in the Hebrew language, uh, in, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew way of thinking, 
to walk with someone symbolize being friends with someone. And so here comes God desiring to walk with his friends in the garden that he's made for them. And they hide from him. And God calls out, where are you? Adam says, I hid because I was afraid. And we do that same thing today. We hide from God. We're afraid of how he might see us. We're afraid of how he would view us. We're afraid because of what we've done. Man, does he really forgive me? Like, does he really accept me? Like, if he knew in this moment some of the things I've done, would he just totally wipe that slate clean? Like, really? And so we live under that same assumption. I hid because I was afraid. Our, our relationship with each other and with God was disrupted and severed because of sin in the garden. And that's been the pattern throughout all of history. You see, I think part of Satan's greatest agenda, part of his greatest strategy, is to separate us from one another and ultimately separate us from God. I think separation is part of his strategy because I believe God's strategy is connectivity, is relationships, to be with each other. It's how we were created to be. And I think the enemy wants to detach that and sever that and separate us. And so please hear me. I'm not saying, hey, the COVID-19 pandemic is because of Satan and because he wants to separate us. That's not the length that I'm taking this to. But what I am saying is, I certainly think he's capitalizing on this time. And I think he's delighting in some of the separation happening between people and not just physically, but relationally. And so this is why we're calling our students into this first practice of relationships. Because We want more than anything for our faith in Jesus to abound. And we believe that part of how that happens is strong relationships with other people. And I think the temptation is, or the tendency is maybe to think, man, once all this is over, once this pandemic is over, yeah, then it'll be back to normal and I'll be with my friends again. And we can just, you know, we can just catch up. We'll pick up where we left off. But what we're saying is, no, like, Why wait? Don't have the mentality that wait till this is done and then we can be friends again. What we're saying is let's find ways to build and and invest in each other now, not just when life returns back to normal, if it ever does, right? What we're saying is, no, relationships matter so much that right here and right now, we need to commit to the idea, I'm created for community, I'm created to connect, and it matters so much that I'll find ways, even if I have to get really creative, I will find ways to connect and invest in other people so that my friendships don't just maintain, but they actually somehow grow in this season. We're investing, we're we're planting seeds in our relationships now that we're going to harvest later. But the tendency, I think, is to practice friendships passively. Like, oh, they'll be fine until this thing is done. I don't need to keep those up. And honestly, I think part of that is some of these thoughts that the enemy is putting out there. Hey, you don't need to maintain your friendships. You don't need to invest in others. Oh, hey, you feel like calling that person? Man, They're fine. You don't need to call them. You're the only one who's struggling with loneliness in this thing. Oh, it just came on your heart to text that person to reach out to them? Man, don't worry about it. They're fine. They don't need that. You don't need that. I think these thoughts come in and then it almost feels silly to try to go the extra mile to set up Zoom calls or FaceTimes or texts or even, dare I say it, phone calls where we actually talk to one another. It seems silly, but 
But I think those things are temptations of the enemy to further disconnect us in this season. I believe we were created for relationships and our faith is at its healthiest and it grows the most when we actually have healthy friendships and connectivity with others around us. And this is definitely not the season to begin to slack off in that. If anything, it's the season to put more energy in and more effort in. Why? Because our spiritual growth is somehow linked to the strength of our friendships. This thing is not designed to be a solo journey where we believe in Jesus and that's it. It was a personal decision, but it's a communal process and we need others in our lives. We are created to connect. It's how it's been since the beginning. Satan has been disrupting that since the beginning. And so the call to action that we're asking ourselves and our students to this week is every single day, would you reach out to three people? Every single day, would you reach out to three people? It could be the same three people every day. It could be different people every day. It could be one family member, two friends, or whatever the ratio. It really doesn't matter. And again, the goal is not legalism. The goal is health. And so however you do this that helps you abide in Jesus and be in his presence, then do it. But we believe relationships are a part of a healthy faith. So would you commit during this time, this quarantine, this stay-at-home order, this pandemic, to reach out to three people every day. They definitely need it, and you may need it more than you think. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he took on our uh, brokenness from God, the severed unity with God. He took that on so that ours could be repaired. And he also displays that with each other as well. He takes on uh, the, disc the discontinuity, the severed friendships. He, he took all that on in his earthly life so that ours could be healed with God and with each other. During this time of quarantine, as we abide in the presence of Jesus, what if we committed to each other? What if we put more energy and more effort than we ever have before into each other and took up the mantle of relationships matter, so let's invest in each other in ways that we never have before. Don't let the temptation or the thought of, you're fine and I'm sure they're fine too. You really don't need to go overboard on this whole thing. Your friendships will be fine. What if we rebuked that and saw the bigger picture that God is calling us into, into a, a, a repaired relationship with him and with others? We were created to connect. So let's connect. Would you commit to reach out to three people every day in this season? We believe it's part of the process to have the healthiest and most flourishing faith we've ever had before.